0: Yeah enjoy the show out. Boom. What's up guys. Byron Rogers here. Uh, another episode of considerations. Um, yeah, man, just things that I consider and that I think you guys would like to hear about kind of surprised. I haven't done this episode a little sooner because you know, it's just a standard thing within our industry, uh, with regards to what we do. Um, and to be entirely honest with you, um, uh, it's one of those things that everybody does really good. You know, uh, it's one of those things that, like, you know, everybody does better than me, and that you know, uh, I'm liable to get a lot of feedback on, which is awesome because I'll learn quite a bit from that. But like I always say, you know, what I'm doing here is not the way, it's just a way, you know what I'm saying? It's not about being right necessarily as much as it's about uh, developing a product that everyone can learn from and that everyone can use to get better. They can make the guys that maybe didn't know the things I know, guys and gals, operate a little better, and at the same time, opening myself up to scrutiny, opening myself up to an opportunity to learn a lot more. That's always my approach, you know. So when I when I hear guys, you know, when I do catch flack and do to like, what do you think, or why why would you do it this way? You know, I'm open to it. So any feedback you guys have, anything I miss, I'm sure I will miss things on this topic because it's one that's near and dear to the industry's heart and to the core of what it is we do. You know what I'm saying? So sure I'll learn a lot after this podcast about how other people do it. But these are my personal considerations with regards to Body coverage, y'all. Dun dun dun. Yeah, body coverage. I'm about to talk about close protection. Um, How to do it? How I do it? How to look at it? Considerations, things that I think are important for you to be thinking about, considering, taking into account while you're moving. Where you? Where should your eyes be? Where should your focus be? Where should your mind be when you're moving with a client? These are the considerations that I have for body coverage at the moment. I'm sure I'll be smarter this time next year. So. When dismounted and moving with a client, certain things that you should pay attention to. Well, first, I guess we should start off by really defining like, you know, what is body coverage? You know, in my opinion, body coverage is anytime that you're moving with your client uh, out in the open, not even out in the open, anytime you're moving with your client, anytime you're moving with your client uh, and you're not in a vehicle, that is body coverage. That's what I mean by that. Close protection. The picture you get of the executive protection agent or bodyguard, depending on your vernacular and your uh, lexicon, uh, vocabulary, what you like to use anyways, rabbit hole, squirrel. Um, body coverage is when you're moving with your client and your body is what's covering the client. You know, Your body, your tactics uh, are what's covering the client. It's you and them in the world. When you're doing that, things to take into consideration uh, when you're dismounted, are you in a crowd? What's the nature of the crowd, man? What's the volume of the crowd? You know, is it thick? Is it not thick? You know, is it a couple of people? Are you on the red carpet? You know, are you moving from the hotel to the lobby? Is paparazzi there? You really want to pay attention to the volume of the crowd. Like depending on how my client likes it, like sometimes if we're out in the open, I'll give them a really long lead. Like I'll give them a long lead, 15, 20, 30 yards, you know, I'll sometimes just take overwatch, you know, if, if the streets are safe and clear, if it's a really tight crowd and we're moving through, you know, a concert or we're moving through, you know, Beverly Hills sidewalk middle of the day when everybody's out and there's a lot of unknowns, then boom, you know, I'll move and I'll, I'll roll a lot closer. You know, when you're moving through a crowd, when you're, when you're out in public like that, the considerations really come down to, you know, what's the volume of the crowd if it's more people, I tighten it up, and for a lot of you, this might be Barney Barney style. But I'm just going to go through Barney style. Um, if there's less people, I loosen it up because I know that I can get to my client before most threats. Um, and it's really an instinctive thing, you know. There's certain times depending on the threat level of your client to and the nature of the threats you're looking at will really really impact this. Like I said, it's not the way to do it. It's a way to do it. These are considerations, you know situation dictates tactics always keep that in mind but the the volume of the crowd usually has a lot to do with how close or far away I choose to be from my client Uh, the nature of that crowd you know what day of the week is it is it a protest going on curbside is there a protest going on on the street or is it one of those times when you know it's just really quiet you know is it crowded but it's because it's Christmas? Is it, uh, is there an opportunity for a terrorist threat because it's Christmas, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the nature of the crowd. Are we at a church service? Do we feel safe because we're at a church service? You know what I mean, like, what's really the nature? What are we dealing with here? You know, what's the, what's the cookie burger? So, is she, he, it, we, they familiar with the crowd? Do they know these people? Are these people employees? Are they family members? if it's a family gathering, I'm giving them space. I don't even want, I don't even want the family to know I exist. I even there, who are you? Oh, we're uncle Ned's kids. Yeah. You know I'm saying I'm one of my boys in my detail. We're uncle Ned's kids. We do it all the time. You know? Like, yeah. we're Uncle Ned's kids. Who, who's uncle Ned's kids. You just, we're, we're them. You don't know uncle Ned, uncle Ned, man, the guy, he invented the, you know, the, the, the thing, the deal with the thing and the, oh, oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like uncle Ned's kids, man, you know, he, he adopted me, but these guys, you know, They're they're, as his actual kids. If it's a family reunion, I'm way hands off. If it's a high donors thing, I'm way hands off. I'm backed up. Yeah, they got people crawling all over them. These are important people, and it's a kind of previously vetted crowd to a certain extent. Yeah, I don't know who every single person is, but you got to fix, you got to set up a canary or two, too. You know, when you're in an environment, one of the things I love to do is I like to set up what I call a canary, which is somebody like a canary in the coal mine, you know, someone to sound the alarm if something's not right, you know, somebody within. I set up I gain rapport with people in the crowd so that, you know, if I see someone else in the crowd or if my client becomes uncomfortable, I'm no longer scanning all these like completely unknown people for information to let me know if there's an emergency or something that's happening. I have a few people in the crowd that know what danger in that environment or something not natural or not safe in that environment looks like so they can give me a heads up. Like, like, like I make friends with the locals or someone who's in that environment so that if they see something that's not right, I know it's not right instantly. I don't have to be like, what the heck is that? But then if my, like my, if my, if my canary's like chill, like, Oh yeah, it's a slow Monday. Like, yo, that's the dude who sells hats. He's cool. He's been coming here. He's been here for like 10 years. He's totally cool to me. He might look like a straight up threat, get away from my client, but he might be like the normal dude who's there all the time. How do I know that based on the feedback I'm getting from my environment? And if you have rapport with one or two people, it's much easier to determine threats from permanent fixtures, organic fixtures to that environment. So build rapport with people in your environment, use people in your environment, take their cues. uh, So, you know, when real danger is around and when like, it's just the, the, the same circus, different clowns on a slow Tuesday, you know, So those are just some considerations. Volume of the crowd. How familiar is my client with this crowd? Has this crowd already been vetted? You know what I'm saying? Uh, The mood and feeling of the crowd, that's something else that you're going to be paying attention to. Something else you're going to be feeling. Something else like in the air. I don't know. Some of you guys who've been to combat know the mood and feeling in an environment right before an ambush. You turn a corner, it's quiet. As the saying goes, too quiet. Too quiet, what does that mean? Yo, check your six maybe it's about to go down today. You know what I'm saying? So what's the feeling? What's the mood? Are people like the looks on their faces, the micro, the micro expressions, are people smiling? Are they happy? Are they chill? Uh, are they tense? You know, how do you know there's about to be a fight that's about to take place? You can feel that tension in the air. Like things are are crescendoing, things are building up, you know? So you're taking in all this, all this, all this information. It really helps It makes it much easier to take in this information if you chill, if you're relaxed, man, like you gotta be relaxed on it. Cause if like, yo, if you're stressed out and tense, you're polluting the environment your client's picking up on your tension, your client's picking up on your anxiety, your client's picking up on your nervousness. Sometimes it's natural to be a little bit nervous, I'm telling you, like, uh, working different clients, it's a lot like dating, you know, your first time with that client, you're gonna be a little uncomfortable, you're gonna be a little nervous, you know. Uh, that's just kind of normal, it's natural, it's an organic thing. But um, being sensitive while you walk, being sensitive while you're in the environment, I think is a very good thing, uh, because it helps you pick up the mood of the environment how did the environment react to you and your client walking in? You know, you walked in and everybody noticed you guys Did everybody, Oh, who's this? Oh, who's the the chick dude with a bodyguard, you know, were you smooth about it? Were you smooth enough about it to walk into the room without anyone even noticing anything? Unless you got a face. If you got a client with a face who everyone knows, you know, a high visibility client, there's no prayer. But if you don't have a client that isn't easily recognizable, I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if, wherever you go, you let them recognize you or, or you acted like a bodyguard so everyone knows, Hey, there's somebody's here. If people are walking up to you and asking you who your client is, you're doing it wrong. Either you're doing it wrong or you're just one of those dudes. you so jacked that there's no way you're not a bodyguard, you know, and that's a whole nother dynamic and you need to have an alibi for that, you know? Have an alibi for that. Have a pre-made up story for that, you know, because really you want to protect your client's environment. You want to protect their peace and quiet during their time at the the mall or wherever you guys are. And if you go, you know, not having a good story and it's obvious that you're protecting them, people are only gonna keep prying. people are only gonna keep digging and it gets weird. Then your client sees you talking to somebody and you're just over there trying to like do the thing and they're kind of like, Oh great, here we go again. And they're thinking it too. Okay, Byron gave me away. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> They're like, they're thinking it. They're like, okay, you know, my dude gave me away, like rolling with this dude. I'm not going to be underneath the radar, you know, rolling with this dude. I'm high visibility. Some agents look at it as a badge of honor, you know, like we don't even wear the normal surveillance kits anymore because like people see those. It's just like skyline, instantly skyline. I'll wear those more in permissive environments. I'll wear those for more like PSD work because everyone then knows you're operating that way. And it's like one more. It's like hard targeting. Like, okay, obviously we're here as protection. You know, if I'm in a PSD environment with that type of gear on. So those are a lot of the cues that I'm taking in from my invite from the environment. Uh, what's the mood? The feeling? The familiarity with the crowd? The crowd volume? Someone walks up to my client. I'm instantly first going to be paying attention to a few things. I'm be looking at hands. I'm be looking for uh, clusters of behavior that suggest that this individual is that, that that give me windows into that person's intent clusters of behavior that give me windows into that person's intent. Is the person cool? Is the person uh, nervous? Probably is the person um, not showing their hands. You know what I'm saying? Is the person, do they look hostile? Do they not look hostile? The second thing that I'm going to be looking at like almost at the exact same time is what's my client, what's my client's reaction to this individual? Like, is the cue like, Oh, Hey Jeff from that time. Or is it like, Oh no, not this guy again. Or is it like, hi, who are you? You know, because that cue really lets me know kind of like where this person stands with my client. And that's huge. But as far as, you know, comfort level, is my client reacting to this person in a way that's telling me, yo, they're totally cool. Or is my client kind of like, ah, crap. Does my client want to be bailed out? Does my client want, want space? You know, are there, is there, is their voice getting quieter? Like we need to have a private conversation. Are they moving away from me? Are they leaning away from me? You know, or are they looking for me? These are things I'm trying to figure out. I'm looking at, I'm paying attention to as they happen, you know, because it's like, this is, this is, this is, these are the tells that happen before an incident. And these are the types of things that give you a heads up. Another thing you can do at this point too, is you can teach your client certain little things that can help them understand what to do if they're in a situation where they want to be bailed out. You know, they're at that corporate event and employee number 48, you know, hundred is like shaking their hand extra long. We all know how to get the thumb off, but like if they just want to get out of the conversation and you're supposed to welcome, them, like, excuse me, sir, ma'am, uh, we have that appointment or your wife's calling. She's on the phone and needs to talk to you in the back room, uh, or whatever you need to say or do to get them out of there. One that I've heard of in the industry is the three fingers, you know, client kind of itches their face with three fingers. That means come over here and rescue me and get me out of this clever, but hand and arm signals to make sure that, you know, you're maximizing the comfort of their experience in that environment at all times. You're paying attention to your surroundings at all times. You're paying attention to people at, at all times. Um, the context of your movement, you know what I mean? Uh, these things prepare you for what to expect on your movement. Are you going, are you about to walk out the back of the hotel and paparazzi is waiting? You know, you got to tighten it up. You know, you got a shield, you know, you got to cover, you know, you might have to move people, move bodies, you know, These are different things that you're paying attention to. Uh, Or are you inside of your client's driveway, walking them to a car or inside of one of their friend's house's driveway, just walking them to the car, but it's inside a gated community, inside a gate, you know, at the park to the front of the mansion, you know, context of the movement. Are you in a random place like going to Whole Foods and you just don't know anything about anyone who's around you? How do you react? How has it been done? What's your client used to? What are they expecting you to do? Versus what you're going to do. I tell you, if you're going to do something that they weren't expecting you to do, make sure you can articulate it in no uncertain terms. Make sure you can straight up just articulate it. You know why you're doing what you're doing. Various situational components that will continue, continuously be in flux and changing. Your environment is always changing, it is something that is always shifting it is never going to be the same the entire time you're in your environment you take a screenshot once boom you turn around someone else is there something else is there you know do not get comfortable your environment isn't ever changing always shifting thing. It's like being in the ocean almost like it's just always moving so you know with regards to close protection you have to Remain in that like flow of digesting, understanding, digesting, understanding, kind of deciding what your next move is. And that really is, in my opinion, one of your chief considerations, which is just simply always thinking. What is my next move? I just got him to the car. How am I going to get him to the to the to the room? I just got him to the room. How am I going to get him to the next room? How am I going to get him down the hallway? We're going to exit this way. We're going to exit this way. Move that way. What was the code to the door on the thing? I need to get up here. I need to open that code. I need to get this door open. I need to radio one of my guys ahead to have them open the door to get the to open the door. So when we roll up, it's just like swoop and we're in. You know. You're always thinking like, okay, they're sitting down eating a dinner, what's the next move on the itinerary? How am I gonna get them to the next move on the itinerary? Right now, this looks like the best route because the whole crowd's over here. By the end of dinner, the whole crowd might be over there. There's another alternate route. You know, you're know, you always considering what is the next move. There's one thing I could tell you um, that will kind of make or break your ability when it comes to like rolling with your client. It's your ability to anticipate the next move and make those transition as at transitions as seamless and smooth as possible. All right. Boom. We're here now. This is not okay. Everything's not done. How do I get them to the next place as smooth as possible? That one thing, thinking ahead and being able to maintain that posture look relaxed, make it look good is a definite make or break in this topic. What's my next move? How am I getting there? Have a few routes set up. Think about things that are on the way because your client might be like, yo, Uh, I want to go see the gumdrop ball machine right quick. Isn't it on its way? Isn't it over here? If you're already anticipating those things, you're like, oh yeah, hard, right. Check it out. We'll go over here. Do this, do that, do this. Boom. There's a gumball ball machine and you look like a G, you know? But if you're too anxious, too rigid, too many things, and I've seen this actually happen to quite a few agents, then you're gonna be too rigid. You're gonna be spooked, you're gonna be uncomfortable when the client's like, Hey, let's stop by In and Out, you're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I don't wanna stop and get food on the way to the thing. Like you're gonna be like, Which one do I go to? What am I gonna do? You know, which Starbucks does she like? Which, you know, oh my gosh, you know, like uh, you know, and and your client very well might look at you and say, let's go to the Wendy's. We went to that one time. No, no, no I take that back. Your client will do that to you. So, you know, you got to be thinking about these things, dropping pins when you go to random stops and random places, just because they might like those places. Then you could very well end up frequently coming back. Stuff is gold, man. Do that. So, you know, you're constantly figuring out what your next move is, how you're going to get there, but you're constantly upgrading your evacuation plan you're upgrading your emergency plan you're you're positioning and repositioning uh, in real time all the time you know you might get your client on stage and you might be in one spot during the beginning of the presentation but you look around and you're like yo this is a better evac evacuation position yo i'm going to stand over here i'm going to get a little closer to this and do a little bit of that so hey if something does happen i'm actually just going to yank him off this way you know you're you're always considering like yo what's the next move upgrading your evacuation plan, your evacuation plan is not going to be the same from the car or from the walk from the car to the walk to the store or from inside the store. They're all kind of probably going to be different. And it would behoove you, in my opinion, to have already thought about those. Like the second you get there, the second you're in the environment, like, yo, what's my evacuation plan going to be? And you want to continually constantly upgrade that any defensive or offensive strategies that you have, you also want to remain in the mind state where you're upgrading those. You get into a room, it's how can I defend this room? Uh, Let's see what kind of locks are on the door, what kind of door was that? How dense was that door? Um, Which way are the hinges facing? You know what I mean? How many ways in and out of this room? Like these are your considerations as you're moving with your client through a building. You're always thinking about these different things, you know, and you're upgrading your plan, okay. Uh, they declawed me and took my gun and took my knife. What kind of weapons of opportunity do I have in here? What can I use? What can I use off this guy, off that guy, off the wall? You're always thinking this way while you're moving and you're, and you're staying calm and you're making it look good. But you want to be upgrading your evacuation plan in real time um, and you want to be upgrading your defensive and offensive strategies uh, relevant to the situation in real time, all the time. You know, you really don't want anything in that room to happen without, uh, and catch you off guard. You know, you, you want to be thinking like, okay, what if a guy walks in that door right now with a shotgun? What if, what if, what if, what if, and you're doing all this while you're taking into consideration the administrative and concierge esque considerations and requirements of your client, your client's probably talking to you while you're doing these things your client's probably asking you questions about the itinerary and what's coming up next and stuff they expect you to know while you're considering these things. And so you have to be able to do this in a way that you look cool, calm, and collected. One thing I see a lot of rookies do wrong is they forget to be outwardly oriented. They are focused on the client. They're focused on making the client happy. They're focused on like entertaining, appeasing, uh, listening, cajoling, all those things, the client. If you're facing the client, who's going to see the threat? What direction is the threat coming from? You don't know, but it's probably not coming from your client's direction. So you need to kind of not be staring at your client. You really want to be as often as possible with your eyes oriented, constantly oriented, outboard. If you can maintain a solid, external orientation, you have a much higher chance of seeing a threat before it hits you or as it evolves. You know, When you're walking with your client, depending on the flow of traffic in the situation, you want to, in my opinion, if it's just me, I'm always shading my client. I'm always shading off to the rear one side of my clients. If I can pick where I'm standing, which is usually, uh, I'll always be depending on, which side they're on the street side or the wall side. I'll always be on the street side shaded just enough to where I'm walking with them. I'm looking in front of them. I'm looking at everyone's hands in front of them. I'm making eye contact with everyone in front of them. I'm constantly considering every single person that comes towards them as a possible threat. And I'm looking behind me the whole time at who is behind me. You know, I look back every couple of steps, make it look good. Don't look like you have PTSD, even if you do like me, but But you sit here and you are walking and you're looking at everything and everyone and um, you're looking at their hands and their eyes, but you're shaded. The kind of the most important things about this is you're shading your client off to the most dangerous side, which is either like the street side, which is the street side if you're walking on a sidewalk. If you're not walking on a sidewalk, you're shading yourself to still what you believe is the most dangerous side and you're ready to Step directly in front of your client if anything happens. If it looks like anyone's even getting ready to do anything, you're ready to step in front and pull your weapon or do whatever it is you're trained to do. While you're walking around, it's hands, 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 eyes, hands, eyes, hands. And a lot of times I'm looking for clusters of behavior like, oh, this guy's nervous. Um, He's of the nationality of the people that uh, have a problem with my client and he's got a weird bulge in his waist. Hey, that's a cluster. That is as we would say in psychology, clinically significant, but that's significant. I'm gonna start to react to that and I'm gonna start getting proactive. Make sure that I'm between my client and this guy. Make sure that I'm ready for my draw if needed. We're still moving. The guy's getting closer. What's his body language doing? Is he locking eyes with me? Is he just paying attention to my client? Do I need to worry about, you know, his next move? These are the considerations you're making as you're on the move. So when you move around, positioning becomes this huge thing. Where do you stand? Where do you let someone else stand? How do you pass someone in the hallway? Um, and one of my main considerations with with positioning is, you know, I just don't really like to let anyone come between me and my client. So if someone's standing in the middle of the road, I'll even squish next to my client to make sure that I expose my chest or my body to them and not my client's body, always. And it's kind of one of those things that you're just kind of playing Russian roulette with. You're just kind of gambling with, really. Um, But you have to be ready to react, ready to fight. Anytime you let someone in your space, because you don't know, they could be there to give you a million dollars. They could also be there to kill you. But you kind of got to plan and you kind of got to be ready for both. That's my rationale. So anytime I'm in a room, no one I don't know generally if I can help it is sitting behind me. You know, if I'm moving through a hallway, I'm not just going to send my client and then move behind them. I might walk and even squish myself in between the two people and, oh, excuse me, and act like I'm walking past right as my client is walking in the hallway. Things like that. Um, I'm always controlling the positioning of everyone not controlling the positioning of everyone else, but making sure that I have positioning within the equation that'll help me do my job. Eye contact with your client and awareness to your client is very important. You wanna make sure that you set yourself up in a place that your client can see you. We call it the kill seat. I'm not sure why, but you know, when we sit down and eat dinner, one guy has, this, has to man the kill seat at all times. And that's the seat that is most just straight up facing the client and there's no hiding, like there's no just power down. No, they're staring at you all meal long. And when they get tired of listening to their friends, pretentious and boring conversations, they're probably going to just stare at you and think about how weird it is that us, you know, us little peons look happy at our little table over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I don't know. But those are the types of things, you know, to consider. When clients meet people, be very careful not to get sucked into the introduction in the meeting. Yeah. Come in. Hi, I'm Byron. Nice to meet you. Thank you. You know, but you want to be close enough to protect, but not close enough to introduce as the saying says, and the saying goes, you know, they need to have to call you over. and like, Hey, come over here. Uh, before you start getting introduced to anybody and even then take it with a grain of salt. But you know, you don't want to then get sucked into the client's conversation with the person you were just introduced with, just even to be polite. You come in, you introduce yourself, you say, thank you. You roll back out to your cold position and you just watch and you remain vigilant because that's what you're there to do. It's the only reason you're there. And if you don't do it, you're failing everyone. Be careful not to get sucked in and focus on the client or a single social interaction. The client is having because it makes you vulnerable to everything. Forgive my reading, Marine Corps Infantry uh, at work right there. Keep your eyes and your awareness moving while staying grounded and aware of the client's state. So the whole time you're doing all this, you are paying attention to the client's state, the client's the way they are, the way they're feeling, the way they're acting. You're soaking all that up and taking all that in because... That's essentially what's giving you the information about whether you're doing it right, whether you're doing it wrong, you know, under no circumstances, should you ever really touch your client unless it's an emergency. In my opinion, in my opinion, it's like ultra taboo. You want your client to never really even know what your touch feels like. In my opinion, in my opinion, uh, unless it's an emergency, I will never touch you unless it's an emergency that that's already in my client's mind. So then if I like walk up and grab a shoulder or do like a backhand touch, they're like, Whoa, what's going on? Let's go. They're already like tuned up because that programs or that program ramming is already in there. So, you know, I will never touch you unless it's an emergency. You want to reserve that type of influence, that type of direct influence in my opinion for when it is go time. Hopefully it never is, you know, so it's kind of my two cents on that. Some other objectives to consider while moving with your client body coverage and all that stuff is the whole run, hide, fight principle. You know, do you run? Do you hide? Do you fight? How do you know when to run? How do you know when to hide? How do you know when to fight? You know, can you get away? If so, you probably just should get away. You know, you probably just should get out of there. These days, if you ventilate somebody, you could go to jail and you may or may not go to jail, but you will get sued in a civil suit. (laughs) Like, this will almost definitely happen that the the gang banging meth head addict that uh, was trying to stab you guys to death that you just shot was a promising young man who was going to school and was a good boy according to somebody. And that somebody will probably sue you and it'll probably be their mother. And that just seems to be the way of it. But nonetheless, when do you run? When do you hide? When do you fight? It's generally not a bad idea to get out of there. If you get out of there, you don't want to shed blood in unless you absolutely have to and can articulate very effectively why you did so because your life will never be the same after uh, you go ahead and do that. So, when to run, when to hide, when to fight. If you can get away, especially in executive protection, get away. What we do here is not about being a tough guy. What we do here is not about um, proving yourself in that way. It's not about anything other than your client's safety. So, don't make them wait around while you get into a fight. Run if you can run. That is the best alternative. When do you hide? Well, Two, two factors enter my mind when you can't run and when there's a place to hide. If you're if there's no place to hide, if it's one of those parties where you look around, and you're like, there is no point in hiding in here. He's going to see me and you can't get away. Guess what time it is. It's time to unleash the hate. It's time to unleash uh, and, and get ready for the fight of your life. So boom, now it's time to fight. So if there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, both seem futile. It's time to fight fighting. I would say is the last alternative because what we want to do as protection specialists is, or as executive protection agents, we want to get away from the danger as soon as possible. So our move is uh, a small aggressive attack, overwhelming uh, fire superiority, and then leave, hopefully leave without even having to gain that fire superiority, you know, but these are the considerations, you know, run, hide, fight run if you can get away hide if you can't get away and fighting seems like a worse option and if there's even a place to hide fight if there's no other options fight like your life depended on it if you do run you should have if you're already paying attention to the other uh, precepts already picked out a hard room or already picked out a strategy or a plan with regards to how to get back into safe hands no matter what country you're in So aim to move the client quickly to a safe location. Once you get to that safe location, it's time to reassess the client and yourself for injuries and then make another decision. Maybe you stay there. Maybe you expect law enforcement to be soon coming soon. So you just hide. Maybe you need to find your way out because the person's sweeping the vehicle, you know, spraying people and and executing people. You know, you've got to make these calls on the move in real time. Uh, where was your hard room? How was, how do you get back to your, your hard room? The last known, like safe location, even, uh, if you don't have a hard room, where was your last known safe location? Do you know where that is? Where's the nearest safe location or harder room? You know, these are considerations assess clients for injury and health. That's something you're going to have to be able to do on the fly. I mean, your T triple C training should come in handy for that, you know, but a lot of common sense can do that as well. Nature of the attack, nature of the damage, all these other things. Push communication out to the team, out to law enforcement. You know, the second you can communicate, start communicating. Always be communicating. I'm communicating with my clients all the time. I mean, with my team all the time. First lap when we push off, you know. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, green light when we push off. First lap when we're on our way. Uh, Last lap when we're even closer, calling them on checkered flag, letting them know, you know, where we are, what we're doing, how things are looking, keeping them in the loop. Communication is like the blood force to your, your whole thing. So you're reassessing and moving them from safe place to safe place in your evac that's kind of the consideration. And before anything happens, hopefully you've already found a safe place in your environment or came up with a plan. I mean, I was at this like outdoor Coachella ish thing with a client a while back. And all I was thinking is, yo, someone starts shooting. How am I getting out of here? We're going this way. We're going right up over that flimsy fence and we're going out into oblivion. Uh, Really a lot of what we do is just the Houdini act with the client, you know, but these are considerations, you know, you're moving with a client through a crowd You want to be paying attention to a few things, you know, paying attention to your environment, the stress level in your environment, the nature of your environment, the nature of the people on the streets, the motivations of the people on the streets, looking everyone in their eyes. I'm looking at hands and eyes and hands and eyes and hands and eyes, you know, almost all the time to tell me people's intent, you know, as they move, you know, I'm paying attention to my client, the way my clients react into the environment to give me tells and information about like, what's comfortable, what's good, what's bad, you know, what's positive. You're doing all this in real time. You're analyzing the structural uh, components of your environment. You're looking for things that are in bags that shouldn't be around. You know, you're, you're looking at those components too. You know, you see someone, you're looking for clusters of body language that suggest things, you know, what time of day is it? Why is this person out on the streets? Um, You know, what's their approach about? How many people are on the streets? Is it dense? Do I need to tighten it up with my client? Is it, nice and open so I can give my client way more room? You know, is it a client that's going to naturally follow me when we get into a crowd or is it a client that wants to like push their, push their own way through the crowd and wants me to just get behind them and ride it out, you know, and and widen the gap even more behind them. You know, these are things that you, you're, you're thinking about who's watching me, who in my environment is watching. That's how you recognize most players on the board. It's, you know, as an apex predator, we're always watching, but who's watching, who else is watching. Who else in this room has situational awareness? That's like a huge consideration because once you know who else has situational awareness, you know who the other players on the board are now. You know what I'm saying? Who's watching me, looking at everyone's hands, looking at everyone's eyes? Who's positioning on me? Why are they positioning on me? You know, who's trying to stand in a weird spot? Who's getting a little bit closer? Who's in my environment that looks like they don't have a purpose? You know, that's the person who's going to walk up and ask for an autograph or throw a pie in my client's face. Like, why is everyone here? What's everyone wearing? What is their, what are their clothes or their tattoos? Tell me about their personality. Is this an aggressive person? Is this a passive looking person? I'm not going to take these judgments as if they're gospel, but they're just little things that I'm going to consider little considerations that are going to, I'm going to take into account while I deal with the individual. You know, do they have any clothing on that directly stands against what my client stands against? Is there a religious memorabilia or paraphernalia on them that, Stands against what me and my client or what my client stands for, you know, social dynamics. I'm watching the way that my clients interact with people. Are they comfortable? Are they not comfortable? You know, these are just a few different things. I'm sure I'll have more as things go on, you know, um, but, you know, walking down the sidewalk with a client. These are certain considerations. These are certain things that I think can help people just like kind of get a, a matrix on what type of things to look for, you know, be outwardly oriented. Pay attention to what's coming, what's out there, you know? Um, Don't be staring your client in the eye while you're talking all the time because if something comes out of nowhere, it is your fault. What's the next move that I can't stress that enough? Think ahead, this is a game of chess, this is not checkers. Think ahead, what's the next move? How am I getting there? All the time, so from here we go there. How are we getting there? Okay, we got a few routes. What could she hit us with on the way? Um, these are all considerations, you know, constantly upgrading evac plan. know, if anything happens too crazy, we can duck into this medicine cabinet. Okay, solid. We're here now. If anything happens too crazy, dude, I just got to lock this door, step in front of it and get ready to bang. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, if anything happens too crazy, the vehicles are over here. I can get us to the vehicles more than likely, you know, even if I'm shot, you know, these are just different things that we, that, that we're thinking about that I'm thinking about. Um, so That's really one of the things I want to put you guys on today. If you haven't already follow us on social media, we're blowing up executive protection lifestyle on Instagram, Byron Rogers on Instagram, Byron Rogers and executive protection lifestyle on Facebook. We got a page, we got a group groups. Awesome. If you're thinking about getting into EP, a lot of guys have found work out of that group. A lot of company owners have found good agents out of that group. Uh, I'm looking at trying to hopefully this year, I'm thinking about maybe having an event, and having a clinic and having some hosting some industry leaders and some really some guys, my goal would be to put a clinic together for you guys to walk away and be like, yo, I learned some trash. that's going to make me better as an agent, hands down out in the field, you know, not just an industry deal where we just talk about the industry and like we love the industry and like we're cool and all the cool kids show up and I'm talking about like a field craft, uh, a field craft consortium, like a field cr- cr- field craft, clinic type thing that's kind of what i'm feeling you know so there's a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe for you guys and support us on patreon thank you so much keep doing it i'll keep dropping the episodes early for you guys uh you guys rock man uh shout out to primary weapon systems they make the best rifles they make the best rifles they make the best rifles they really make the best rifles Take a look at their short uh, piston system or their hybrid piston system. uh, And you'll understand why they make the most reliable rifles and they're beautiful. Use my code Byron, B-Y-R-O-N at checkout with the cannon store and um, get in on that discount right there that we have guys. And I got another one coming for in-ear. I believe the code's going to be Byron as well for in-ear. Uh, if you guys need a surveillance kit that will last, that is ridiculously comfortable that you can actually still hear people with, or you can black them out. Like if you're, you know, working a concert or working a, a club or whatever, you want to like plug your ears. But if you are working like open air and you need a good surveillance kit, there is nothing on the market like in ear Okay. My code for that is Byron two B Y B-Y-R-O-N. But like, like I'm gonna have to have those guys on here because their stuff is so legit. It's ridiculously legit. So considerations, let's see here. Any more close protection considerations rolling with a client you're paying attention to all those things. And it's basically just rinse and repeat, man. It's basically just rinse and repeat. Personally, here's another thing. Some guys like to wear sunglasses. I personally don't like to wear sunglasses because I can get a lot done with my eyes. I'm using my eyes the whole time I'm rolling with a client. I'm looking at the people that are coming up. I'm looking them in the eyes. Um, I'm smiling. I'm disarming people. I'm not coming across aggressive. I'm coming across inviting. I'm coming across respectful. Um, I'm gaining rapport with everyone as I'm as I'm moving through by being default respectful. Default respectful. Smile. nod, cool. Uh, I'm trying not to be recognized as an EP agent. I'm actually trying, kind of trying to blend into my environment. If something starts to happen that makes uh, my client a little uncomfortable or me a little uncomfortable, then I'm kind of like getting a little bit closer to the environment. Like if things are starting to slowly escalate a little bit, then the person's going to also realize, Oh, Oh, you're their security. And then they back off, you know, uh, or they just realize they have to deal with me too, you know, but I don't walk around all hard. Like, yo, I'm here to protect this person. We're about to like, you know, that's, that's unprofessional to say the least in my opinion. I'm walking around like just another cool guy. We're a low pro clients kind of like just doing their own thing. And it's really like a covert protection thing. I'm just like kind of big dude who's around them until something starts to happen. And then I start to show up. And then if things start to escalate, you know, I get myself between them, my client and the other person and Hey, sir, ma'am, have a nice night. Thank you so much. You know um, know, we don't, we don't, we don't want to have this conversation, go any, go any further. But something like that doesn't really happen. You know, something like that, we stopped the whole cookie burger before that. A lot of times, you know, you can do this just with presence, you know, presence, meaning being there, being in the environment and um, watching to see who is watching your client. A lot of times if you give your client enough space, you can see who's watching them before they realize that you're with them. And that's a really big advantage. That's a huge advantage watching the people that are watching your client. That's like one of the biggest things I I, I have to say, like that definitely comes in handy, you know? So if you have a client and you have the luxury of that, that's awesome. But you know, I really don't play the bodyguard, like yo, I'm their bodyguard piece a lot. I, I try to like stay in the shadows for the most part for the day. Here's another one. Cell phone. I will admit that I do use my cell phone as a prop. Often, I'll put my sunglasses on or I won't put my sunglasses on and I'll sit there and I'll pull my phone out facing my client and and I will look like I'm on my phone. Now, I have enough rapport with my clients where they know I'm not actually on the phone, okay? I'm actually watching every single thing that takes place. But in order to blend into the environment a little bit better, I sit back and I look like I'm on my phone. Because I don't want more attention to be drawn to both of us. Like, you know, what's who's this big black dude just loitering here, ominously loitering in the corner, you know, here's another one. Don't do the freaking finger connectivity EP stance thing where you stand there, and you put your fingers together and you do the like EP stance, like you're like security stance standard. Look up executive, protect. look up bodyguard. You'll see someone doing this, standing there with their hands pressed together, you know, in the security position or whatever the heck that is. Don't do that. You will look like you look like a rookie you're making us all look bad, stop it, okay? Look relaxed, look cool. You know, something I do do too if I have two guys, sometimes I will actually just get my other dude, we'll do cross coverage where he's looking over my shoulder, I'm looking over his shoulder, and we're just two dudes having a conversation, why? Because two dudes having a conversation is less conspicuous than a normal person trying to shop while two big dudes or tactical looking dudes or dangerous dudes flank them constantly and are constantly like flanking them and watching them and oversight. Like it's weird. People notice this stuff, you know. So if you're just two dudes maybe having a conversation, you look more relaxed and you blend into the environment. You draw less attention to yourselves thus drawing less attention to your client. Your client doesn't mind going out with you if you can stay under the radar, you know, but if you draw attention to yourself, your liability, you can get axed depending on your client. I have seen it a whole bunch of times. Some clients like it. Some clients want the attention. Those generally aren't the clients you want because they usually end up causing a lot of problems. Some other clients though, or or some clients can't hide. Everyone knows who they are, you know, but a lot of clients who aren't that famous, who are in that little in-between space, they just want to like go out, and have no worries and know that nothing's wrong. This means you can't get pegged as the bodyguard. Rumble still skin. You know what I'm saying? You don't want people pegging you as that. So you need to learn these tactics to kind of keep you in a covert position. Having the other guy just hang with us, lean with us, rock with us, and walk with us is something that that helps me do that. I, I do it all the time. Uh, pulling out the cell phone, just spinning my cell phone while I'm walking. I try to look like a dude, you know. Um, it has worked for me in this industry for years. So, you know, and I'm still relatively young in the industry, but I would say a lot of clients really like being able to just live their life and not have anyone be like, are you their bodyguard? Are you security? Is that guy right behind you? Is he your security guy? You know, like without having to deal with that trash all the time. No one wants to even, most people don't want to deal with that. You know, most of the time they'll say no too, because I have had it happen to me. See, any other considerations here while I'm here, you know? things you need to know. Does your client expect you to carry bags? Does your client expect you to get doors? You know, I'm not above it. I'll do it straight up. I'm, I'm, I'll, I am I'm, will do it. I won't let those types of things put me in a position to where I can't do my job. But if my client needs help with it, I will help. I have no problem with it. And if I really need to do something crazy, like, you know, uh, black ninja magic judo on someone's face or like, Uh, ultra mega uh, Jedi Krav or something on them, then I'll just drop my bag and I will handle it and I'll draw and then we'll get it on and it'll be fine in my opinion. Um, This is where you see this bisection between, you know, where the soft skills and hard skills really start to like kind of compete, kind of rub together. You know, do you do these things? I personally do, um, but I'm cognizant of my bandwidth and my ability to still do my job the entire time. And if I feel like I'm forfeiting too much of my bandwidth to do my job by carrying some groceries to my client into the house or from the store to the car, then I'll say something. Hey, you know what? Let's grab, a, uh, let's grab a cart and put these in the cart real quick. And I'll just wheel the cart out because there's a lot of them or something. You know, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But do I say no? I'm here for security reasons, ma'am. I'm not here for carrying groceries. Thank you. No, I don't do that because you will not be getting paid for very much longer in that detail if you do. Generally, there might be some clients that play that game. I've never met one though. So that's just my experience though. That's not end all be all. You know, that's just my experience, my little tiny bubble. So those are other, some a few other considerations for close protection, man. You know, I'm walking behind them. I'm looking over their right shoulder. They walk the buildings on their right. I switch. I'm looking over their left shoulder. Hands, eyes, hands, eyes. What is everybody doing? What's everybody thinking? hey, here comes an alleyway. I'm going to try and get a little angle on the alleyway. I'm going to try and pie that alleyway a little bit so I can see what's going on. I'm going to switch back to the side of my client where if someone pops out of that alleyway, I can get a right hand uh, to block left or grab left if somebody comes out of there. Is there a car coming out of there? Can I see? We're walking. It's dark. It's getting dark. It's nighttime. We just stepped outside. I got my hand on my flashlight. I'm looking at the curb. I'm looking at the car. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm flashing my light. Maybe I'm saving it in case we get engaged in the parking lot. I see something... I'm walking backstage with my client. Yo, there's some wires right there. Boom, light them up real quick so they can see the wires. There's this other thing on the ground. I'm lighting this stuff up. Which, way are we going? I'm shining my light so the client can see everywhere that we're going. The whole entire time we're moving. You know what I'm saying? These are just considerations, like ways of thinking. I'm just giving you like my way of thinking and the way that I'd like. Uh, I promise I'll flow, flow through it and move with it. You know what I'm saying? Boom, we just hit the back of the club or we just hit the back of the whatever venue it is. You know, car's here. Where around me could someone hide if they were going to ambush us? Other side of the dumpster, that door behind me, that other door, you know, there's a blind corner on the right. I'm scanning all these locations. Boom. There's not a lot of people in the environment. So I'm taking a look at the geography, I'm looking at my vulnerabilities, you know, boom, I can get hit from here, 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 and here. I'm going to make sure my body is between me and the client here, 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 and here, you know, Um, because I don't have the time to run and go look and check these places, but I might have the time to just like, put my body there so that I can react. Now I'm ready to react. It gives me a split second back, you know, just in case I hear something or something pops off, you know, Oh, heightened sense of awareness. You know, I'm on green when I'm inside the jewelry store when no one else is in there because it's locked down and you can't even get in here unless you have an appointment and there's no handle on the door. Cause we're in Beverly Hills and there's stores like that. Oh, uh, but when I come out the back of the store and I'm straight up in an alleyway and everybody has access, yo, I just went from cold green to cold like, orange sign. I'm like magenta right now. You know what I mean? Because, hey, we come out the door, the car's parked 10 feet away. I got a a dumpster on my hard right with an alleyway behind it with a blind two, you know, two blind corners to get to the car. I'm paying attention. I'm oriented to those corners. I'm not necessarily oriented to them. I'm going to make it look slick. I'm going to stand between me and my client and those two blind turns, but I am going to be paying attention so that if something comes out of there, yo, I'm legit ready to stop it. You know, um, these are just considerations, the things that are going through my mind as I'm moving with my client. Who's paying attention to them? Who are they paying attention to? What's the nature of that attention? You know, things like that, man. Hands, eyes, hands, eyes. And you just keep on rolling and you rinse and repeat. Where are we going from here? How are we getting there from here? What's the next move? You're paying attention to your hydration, you're paying attention to your food. When's the last time I ate? Am I feeling weak? Do I need to grab a snack? I got it. You know, I got a five hour energy and a protein bar shoved in my sock. I can break down and get if I really need the energy, you know, um, boom, you know, I'm about to do an hour and a half drive from Beverly Hills after this, you know, how am I feeling and do it, you know, do I need to pop that five hour energy right now while we're inside the jewelry store and everything's locked down? Like these are other considerations that you got, you know. Uh, do I have enough energy? Mike once I get in the car, it's going to be really hard to do this while I'm driving. My client's not going to want me to do it. Yo, how are we going to get home? Do I need a map? Have I pulled that map up yet? I, am I going to be getting in the car, sitting down, pulling up the map? No, I'm not because that's really unprofessional. That doesn't look good. You know, client doesn't necessarily, they think they, they might be cool with you doing it, but they don't want to see you looking at your phone all the time. How are you getting from point A to B? Yo, I got a smartwatch. It's going to tell me what all my turns are. I got a Bluetooth. I'm going to put my Bluetooth in before we even leave the thing. Cue it up so I can hear everything. Put the map on before we even leave this hard, this nice green spot inside the, the jewelry store. And by the time we get out to the car, boom, phone's already going, everything. I can leave the phone in my pocket if I want. And it's going to tell me the directions as I roll, you know. I'm not because knowing my luck or your luck, you know, Murphy's going to have someone call you with a question about the cookie burgers you left in the fridge last week uh, and shut your map down. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I might pull my phone out and throw it in between my, in, in my lap or on the stand or something like that. So I can like uh, troubleshoot when something happens, you know, but these are just considerations, man. you know, where are we going next? How am I getting there? If something goes down right now, what's my plan? Where's the nearest hard room? You know, where's the nearest was there is law enforcement around. If I have to break out and hit the street, which direction am I running? You know, what are going to be my immediate actions on any type of environmental threat? I'm moving with my client. Does my client have any kind of uh, allergies? Do I have an EpiPen with me? Do I have an IFAC on me? Do I have a tourniquet on me? You know, these are things that we're considering as we're moving. These are things I'm always considering. And you got to be able to make it look easy. Don't be sweating in front of your clients, y'all. You got to remember that you need to make the environment better, make the environment stronger all the time. Like you need to represent strength. You need to represent courage. You need to represent stability. You need to, you need them to look at you and, and, and feel faith. You need them to look at you and feel inspiration. You need them to look at you and be like, um, this dude's a rock. I'm good because I got this dude's like a rock right here. I literally hired this dude to deal with all the physiological problems that I personally don't know that I have what it takes to deal with straight up. I wasn't raised the way this dude was raised. I wasn't trained the way this dude was trained. I need to be able to look into your eyes and trust you that you got them. You know, so these are considerations. A lot of it's energetic. You need to be confident. If you're not confident, then they're going to detect that. Your insecurity is going to permeate the environment. They're not going to want to be around you. You know, that confidence is absolutely key. It's absolutely priceless. You need to be able to know where you're going, why you're going there, how long you're going to be there for. You need to know the itinerary. Clients want to know. They want to ask questions. You need to know. That's something I struggle with because my brain doesn't hold information very well. Sometimes, like that's not very really like that. I don't need to know for life. It just like like doesn't hold on to it, you know. So I like sometimes I need to look at my phone, you know. And it's it, I think it has to do with my TBI, but no excuses, you know. Figure it out. I study them things until I get it down as best I can, and then we, we lean with it. We rock with it, and that's the move, you know. Make it work. Where are you on the battlefield? Where are your other assets on the battlefield, the other guys on the battlefield? Those are huge considerations. You need to know where you are and you need to know how to explain where you are at all times, period. If you don't know where you are, you're in big trouble. And if you don't know how to explain and articulate where you are, you're messing up because you can't get help to you. And you you don't know which direction help is are two of some of the most important things for you to know as far as what's on the battlefield you need to know where you are and you need to know uh where your help is considerations for close protection that's all i got for now i'm gonna make another one like this again soon appreciate y'all thanks for listening out boom and to support this podcast go to executive and contribute to our patreon account that patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. Five dollars a month, ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's, hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use, put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love And is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing, executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.